You are Locked On Wild. Your Minnesota Wild every day. Hello, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com. And with me is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota. Tony, how's it going today? Joe, I'm doing fantastic because I have completed my version of winning the Stanley Cup this week. Ooh, you got to tell now. I completed my Pokedex. Ooh. You got to explain then. Okay, so in Pokemon, what do you got to do? You got to catch them all. And I caught them all. (laughs) Wow, really? Yep, 400 Pokemon in Pokemon Sword and Shield, and I have 400 sitting in my decks. 400 out of out of 100. Wow, that's uh that's impressive. 400 out of 400 and counting a Galarian Slowbro that they give you as a promotion for their DLC this summer. At 401, <laughs> baby. I would not have spent as much time on that as you have. I have spent so much time on that <laughs> and game. money, right? Just a stupid <laughs> amount of... Well, the, the the thing is like you get the game, it's $60 and then all that really cost you from from there is time they'll mm-hmm. be doing a they'll be doing some dlc this summer and, and and fall and that's 30 bucks for uh for two dlc packages and they both look rad as hell so like whatever like i'll if pokemon says like you're giving me this much money i'm just gonna be like yeah that's fine um yeah i did not do anything that but i did show my son how to be a poor sport and rage quit while he was torching me in Madden this uh, this last week. Oh, your son was torching you in Madden? Oh, yeah. Just Hail Marys all the time, and I don't know how to catch the damn ball. <laughs> and he, he was up way ahead of me, but I don't even remember what the score was. I basically just hit pause through the controller and was like, I'm done with this crap. This is BS, and uh, I'm done. I I rage quit like a freaking child. Were you uh, were you maining the Minnesota Vikings? No, it wasn't the Vikings. I think he he picked the Vikings. Ah, you lost to the Vikings. It's even worse. Yeah, especially when you consider what they do in the playoffs. It's even more embarrassing. Yeah, no, I think I picked 49ers, actually. Oh, Joe. Yeah, I know. It was it was embarrassing. Like it was. I feel lesser of a man now because of that. So are you saying Jacob and not Mike Zimmer should be the uh, the Minnesota Wild coach? Oh, because he can just all he does is is for plays is just say chuck the pigskin. He doesn't ever run the ball. That was actually the only way I was able to move the ball was by running it because my passing was so f- awful. Yeah, I, I'm always like, uh, well, not Madden. I haven't played Madden in a long, long time. But when I was playing Mutant Football League. For the Nintendo Fun Switch. Yeah. Everything goes back to Nintendo for me. I'm very sorry. But when I was playing Mutant Football League, I was so bad at like avoiding interceptions that I was just like, okay, well, I have to run the ball. And luckily, it's really easy to run the ball in that game. I, I, I'm with you, Joe. I, I, I think it's our eyes, man. We're getting old. We can't see. We can't see downfield. I think what it is, they make these damn games so complicated nowadays. And I'm just, it's just passed me by i've never would have felt that even at 33 years old that video games would have passed me by we are the old men yelling at clouds right now we're the old men acting like children rage quitting on back in my day we're rage quitting on 12 year olds god it's embarrassing we had 16 bits and we were happy 
<laughs> Anyways, we got a wild uh, team to discuss, and I think we're going to take a short pause and right on the other pause on the other side of this break. Well, Joe, what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about kind of the wild at the halfway point and whether or not they've met our expectations so far. And then we'll later on, we'll get into kind of what the wild need to do in order to make the playoffs. So uh, let's go ahead and take a short pause right now. You are listening to Locked On Wild, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And welcome back. I'm Joe, your host. I'm here with Tony, and we're talking about the Minnesota Wild after I just admitted to everybody that I rage quit down a 12-year-old. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to get into uh, how the Minnesota Wild have met our expectations or not so far this year, now that we've actually surpassed that halfway point threshold of the season. So, Tony. Have the Wild met your expectations? I do not know because I rage quit watching the season. (laughs) Really? Okay. No, no, no. Um, (laughs) I wouldn't blame you necessarily. I got to tell you, Joe, I went on the Athletic Minnesota and I wrote, I I think what's going to end up happening is the Wild are going to do what they always did and just barely make the playoffs and kind of get waxed once they get in there. And it's going to be the same as it ever was, same as it ever was. But in honest, in honest, in all honesty, when I wrote that, my actual answer, my real answer that I held deep in my core was I had no idea what to expect. This is a weird team. It's been a weird team for a long time. And coming into the year, I think we knew less about this weird team than we had in a long time. Yeah, you're correct. This team is is even more in flux and and more volatile than we've ever. I mean, for a while there, you, you always thought, okay, the Wild were going to make the postseason. They were pretty consistent with that, going doing that for six years straight before eventually missing the postseason last year. But now it's with a few trades that kind of attack the core of this team. You know, this, this Wild team still has some veteran veterans that know how to score. They know how to play uh, hockey in the NHL, obviously, and um, they are looking for big seasons from younger players. And really if those younger players really showed up and played well, the wild could be in a position where they're vying for a playoff spot. And I think a lot of it kind of happened as, as I would expect, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I didn't expect Minnesota's goaltending to rebound after last year, though I would have conceded it. It certainly was possible for it to rebound, but I wasn't expecting it. Uh, The team is generally, you know, getting older and and I don't know if they've gotten much faster, even though that they did add a bunch of 23 year old Mm -hmm. players. Um, I, I I still don't think they've gotten faster or anything like that. So what we're seeing is is kind of a team that is for all the changes that happened last year is kind of the same. Yeah. They're currently sitting in the standings at 20, 19 and six with 46 points in a grand total of 45 games. It's been a lot of this 500 play. I mean, I know that they had that kind of 11 game point streak in the early part of December, but since then, after it, uh, after they, uh, their point streak was snapped, they've been really a 500 team and it's, it's pointing out pretty much. So in the, uh, in the standings as well, 2019 and six is about as 500 as you can get with an odd number of games played. Hmm. So pretty much what happened was to start the season, they were one of the worst teams in hockey. Then Mm -hmm. they became one of the best teams in hockey in order to cancel that out. And ever since then, it's been 500. So like, which one of those three wild teams do you think is the real Minnesota wild? 
I think we're probably seeing it right now, to be honest. They're not one of the best teams in this league. And I certainly don't think that they're the worst team in this league. And I know we've seen both of those teams. So I'm thinking we're kind of right around this uh, mediocre team that we've been seeing in the, in the, in this most latest stretch with, uh, with this middling 500 team from since about, uh, I don't know, right before Christmas until now. And man, that that's kind of the worst case scenario for me in terms of what I want to see out of Minnesota this year. Like if they, were able to rebound under Bruce Boudreaux, and I think Bruce Boudreaux's done a pretty good job, but if they were able to to sort of rebound under him and he was able to, you know, maybe get the most out of this team like he, I think, mostly has been getting this year, but mm-hmm. also, you know, get better goaltending or have, you know, a, a surprise or two just really have a breakout season. You know, if they would have done that and gotten a 100-point season this year, like, I would have been okay with that, you know, even though I think, like, oh, okay, like, Minnesota is probably best off going in the other direction. Like, still, mm-hmm. like, you can't knock a 100-point season. You can't knock seeing your team be a playoff team with, in a diminished Western Conference, you know, a, a playoff team with a with kind of a real chance. So I would have been fine seeing that. And I, I would have been fine seeing, you know, what happened early on this season happen all year and then you're just kind of suffering through a lost season for sure. But then, you know, you can have, you know, dreams of, of Alex Lafreniere in your head. Or you can think about, uh, fantasize about getting those ping pong balls to fall your way. And then you can get Quentin Byfield or yeah, Alexander Holtz or, or somebody like that. You know, just a, just a real top bona fide prospect that uh, that you can, like, really hang your hat on and say, like, okay, now... With Kaprizov coming in, we got this guy too, and and now we're really in business for the future. But now Minnesota is heading in the in the same direction as they were last year. I just uh, I just did the math on this. They finished with eighty three points last year. Mm-hmm. They are on pace for eighty four points this year. Yeah, and I believe it. And what's really bad too is like you got the Detroit Red Wings who are currently at twenty seven points. And they're kind of, you know, the whole bottom of the uh, the rung there. And Anaheim is at 39 points. I mean, in order to suck even more to get more ping pong balls, they've got a couple of teams that are playing really bad right now. And so they'd have to completely fall off the cliff. And you're just not going to get that when you've got a healthy roster that the Minnesota Wild carry. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they're ever going to catch up to those, but... I don't know. I I don't think it's out of the question to finish in like the bottom five, even. But right. I don't know. I don't know if that's really what we're talking about. Uh, what we're talking about. Where were yeah. your expectations coming to the year, Joe? I was very much like if if things happen perfectly, this team was going to be fighting for a playoff spot. Now it was going to be your wild card. And when the Wild went on that eleven game point streak, that. I thought, okay, well, this is what's happening. Uh, this team is going to get uh, play well enough to at least be in the playoff mix, but ultimately be on the bubble fighting. And if things happen to fall perfectly for them, then then they may get there. But uh, ultimately, I think what we're seeing now is that this team is is the jig might be up on them. It's tougher to to get that now. What's weird is like I asked a couple of questions prior to the season, like 
really what needed to happen was like Devin Dubnik carrying the team. And right now, and I know that he's been dealing with, with family and personal issues, but even when they, when those weren't happening, he really wasn't holding up his end of the bargain. Yeah. The goaltending as a collective, I think has been Kevin from the office with that big pot of chili. <laughs> yeah. And, or the, or the guy uh, in that gif where he's holding multiple Pilsner glasses full of beer and then ends up trying to catch one of them, but the whole th- thing ends up falling and he just ends up dropping the rest. Oh yeah. Painful to watch. Painful. To yeah. Watch. It's definitely painful. Um, And so I think if, if I'm looking at one area of the team that like, if it gets hot, this team could eventually get back up in that uh, playoff bubble again would be goaltending. Yeah. I think that's kind of the key for any team really, but, but this team, especially, you know, they are doing the uh, the defense really well. Like the, when you look at any of their defensive metrics, they are, you know, top five at least, if not top one in the league mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of like limiting chances, limiting quality chances, like any, any measure you want to measure of like quality over quantity. They are certainly giving up less of it than, uh, than just about anyone in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a huge advantage, except if you don't have good goaltending. If you have awful goaltending, you kind of give away that advantage, and that's what we've seen. If Dubnik were able to to get, you know, to even be a 9-10 goalie again, I think that is something that could, could help Minnesota roll off a bunch of wins. I mean, that's pretty much how the 11-game point streak happened. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what happened. They had uh, Capo Kakinen come in and provide some uh, mostly solid goaltending. I know he had kind of a few hiccups towards the end of his his call-up run here, but, uh, you know, he seemed to stabilize a little bit. And then St- Stalock played much better, too. He, he was much more consistent when uh, Devin Dubnik had to be away from the team. And I think that's that's really the recipe here, that the, if the Wild have confidence in their goaltender, they go out and they try to – they try to score goals if they're not they're usually holding back and and um trying to play more defense and i think that's where they get caught more often than not uh by playing more in their in their defensive zone what do you think of the youngsters in terms of like what they're do you think they're delivering on their promise because i think that's a a thing a lot of people are looking at when they were you know gauging their expectations for this team is how is this group of 23 year olds going to do this year Right. And that's a great question because that's going to bring me right to Kevin Fiala. Um, I originally asked like, okay, what's reasonable to expect from him? And was it going to be 50 points? Uh, He hasn't really broken 50 points at all. But, uh, you know, at this point, what I think is great about Kevin Fiala, like is he's, he's just a few points shy of what he was in 64 games following, you know, during his tenure in Nashville prior to his trade and so he's right on par with that. I mean, he had an early start that didn't look like he was going to deliver, but I think ever since he's been one of uh, the wild's better, well, probably best players outside of like a Jason Zucker or like um, a uh, perhaps an Eric Stahl who uh, just seems to be ageless. Now for the other guys, I think Jewel Erickson Eck has been really solid defensively and I like to continue to see that emergence, but he just doesn't provide much offensively at all. But when you look at players like Ryan Donato and Jordan Greenway, 
you know, those are players that have had their moments, but at the same time, like they still kind of leave a lot more to be desired. And so have they necessarily been living up to their expectations? I think no, really. Uh, I think that while they're still young and I think there's still something there for most of them that uh, this team needs all of those youngsters, all of that younger group to really emerge together. And I think that when this team was doing well, those players were playing really well together. And when this team is not playing well, it's kind of every man for himself out there. And that's not necessarily what you want on a team that's supposed to be preaching togetherness. Mm-hmm. With me, Fiala, it's not even the the point totals that are, are impressive. It's just how he's looked. I mean, don't get me wrong, 25 points in 39 games, nothing to sneeze at, especially on a team that's been as offensively starved as the Minnesota Wild have. Like, he's he's fourth on the team despite missing a handful of games, which, yeah, not, not bad, not bad. But with me, it's how he's looked. Like, he's been the guy out of out of that group that you look at and you're like, oh, night in and night out, generally, that's a top six player. Yeah, no, he def- certainly looks the part. And I don't know if I see that out of Luke Conan, Ryan Donato, Jordan Greenway. And, you know, I would I would dearly love a chance to, to see Jules Erickson Eck get some run mm-hmm. and, and really figure out and drill down what that is. But, you know, he, he hasn't shown that either. And I, I think that's kind of a disappointing thing is that, you know, we don't know who four of these five guys are yet. Yeah, and we talked in our way too early expansion draft episode, which if you haven't listened to that one, that one is probably one of our top favorites so far in our early Locked on Wild, I guess, uh, run here that we've had. Uh, Be sure to check that out. But uh, we really couldn't make a decision between the any player that wasn't named Kevin Fiala. We just threw up our hands. Yeah, we just said pick one. You know, between uh, Jordan Greenway, uh, Luke Cunning, or uh, Jules Eriksson-Eck. Mm-hmm. Um, lastly, I think before we take another break, is uh, Matt Dumba is not really been the player that uh, we kind of were expecting uh, for a player that was going to come into this season feeling great and probably motivated to to really turn it up here. I was curious what your thoughts are. I mean, is this were you expecting him to kind of struggle a little bit or were you hoping that he was probably going to pick up where he left off and that just hasn't really happened so far? I think I got carried away by hope and maybe carried away a little bit by hype. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think what we're seeing is there's a difference between saying, I feel really good in the preseason coming off this traumatic injury and then just like dealing with it. You know, even, like, I believe Dumbo when he said that he felt really good and that he was really ready to play, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he had all that time to work out and prepare and get strong, get ready, and I don't doubt that he took full advantage of that time. Well, and the funny thing is, too, is, like, Matt Dumbo had a good start to the season. Yeah, I think he had a solid start, but, like, I, I think when you're dealing with you know, these kinds of traumatic injuries. I There's a psychological a- aspect that I don't know if you can get over that without, you know, getting into the season and playing those games night in, night out at the speed and physicality that the NHL has. 
I, I agree. I mean, he got off to a good start with the first goal in the first game against Nashville, followed up with an assist at Colorado, and then just got real, real quiet. That should um, have been a goal. It bounced off someone, if I recall, the one in Colorado. Yeah, it did. And um, then he hasn't really scored. Um, he's got a total of um, three goals. Of three goals on the season. And the last one came on November 12th and it's been a long time without Dumba scoring. And I know that he's recently had an uptick in his shots. I think he's got like five or six shots in the last um, two games each. So, uh, you know, he, he's shooting again and I, I see him making more plays that look like the old Dumba, but it's really, I think, uh, I think he's squeezing the stick. I think he put pressure on himself to, to try to pick up where he left off and show that he wasn't affected by that injury as much as he was. And now he's just dealing with like the psychological aspects of just like, okay, maybe, maybe I can't do what I used to do or, or, or of something of that ilk here where he's just, um, he's having issues. And uh, I think that's maybe one of the more disappointing parts of the season where it's like, you really want Matt Dumba to be playing well because when Matt Dumba's playing well, this team is, is kicking along, I think pretty well too. All right, that'd probably do it for this part. Uh, let's take a, uh, another pause here, and then we'll get into what the Wild need to do in order to make the playoffs. You are listening to Locked On Wild. And welcome back to Locked On Wild. We're going to jump right into it here. What do the Wild need to do here to make the postseason? Like I said, they're currently at 46 points in 45 games with a 2019 and 6 record. And they are certainly on the outside of the playoffs looking in. What do they need to do, Tony, in order to make the playoffs? They need to beat out their projections for sure. Because what's going to happen is that in order to make the playoffs, at least according to Micah Blake McCurdy's website. HockeyViz? Yep, HockeyViz.com. According to that, the playoff cutoff is right around 92 points this year. So 92 points is going to have to be about where you'll have to be in order to make the playoffs. Right now, Minnesota is currently projected at 88.2 points, according to his model. And right now on pace, given what we we said earlier, they're 84. So they're going to have to beat out their projection by conservatively, right? Because like these teams on the bubble could get hot. And uh, and really uh, really force their way into the playoffs. Really, what we're looking at is, is we'll need them to to kind of beat where they're gonna be by at least four to eight points in order to make the playoffs. So to get to ninety two points, they are going to have to get. I think I counted forty six in thirty seven games. That is a one hundred and two point game pace over an eighty two uh, game season, which it's not impossible. But this team's going to need to be playing like they were in that six-week stretch. Yeah, they'll have to play like a well-oiled machine, and they need to—they're going to need to steal games from from teams that they're probably not uh, favored to win either. That's kind of the big thing. Is uh, in order to get that way uh, to improve your pace by between four and eight points. I mean, you got to steal some, some wins. I mean, you got to go into St. Louis and and win a game. You got to go against the Washington capitals and figure out a way to win and steal a game. Uh, Whether you hold them to like a two to one score. I mean, Boston Bruins, another one. Um, Ultimately you got to win those games and that's a much taller 
uh, order than than I think that this team is probably capable of. Well, and they're going to have to not only win, you know, games they're not supposed to win, right? They're going to have to take care of business at home, which was tough for them to do. But they're going to have to win games against really good teams quick, fast, and in a hurry. Here's their next six games, right? Mm -hmm. At Pittsburgh. And then they have a homestand where they're facing Tampa Bay, Dallas. Uh, Both of them are are really good, solid uh, playoff teams right now. Florida, which if they have their goaltending figured out on a given night, incredibly scary to face. Detroit, where like, yeah, that's probably a pushover. Uh, but then you follow that up with Boston. Yeah, this uh, that's quite the stretch. And it doesn't get very much easier after that because uh, they, they have a little bit of a reprieve in Chicago. Then it's versus But they've Vancouver. already lost to Chicago in pretty embarrassing fashion with that effing Patrick Kane scoring a hat trick. That's true. That's true. Uh, but then they play Vancouver, who they just lost to despite Vancouver being on the second game of the back-to-back. At Dallas, then Ch- or then Colorado and Vegas. So this is a slate of... So this is a slate of 11 games where, like, nine of these games... Uh, eight or nine of these games are going to be really tough. Yeah. You know what's funny about uh, Vancouver is... Uh, and this the, the analytics might not be there, but just from my eye test uh, in the, in the most recent game against Vancouver is they really pack it in like the wild used to under Jacques Lemaire. I mean, it's pretty crazy or even Mike, yo um, it's pretty crazy how they pack it in defensively where they just don't give up an inch. Mm-hmm. So that's just, just kind of what I observed and, and made it tough for the wild. And, and if you watch the wild in any part of the last couple of years, this team, almost prefers the perimeter rather than going through the middle where it's, it's tougher to get, it's tougher to get that, that that ice. And against teams like Tampa Bay, like Florida, like uh, maybe Detroit isn't so great, but you got Boston and Vancouver again, another Dallas game. Like you really need to get to those dirty areas in order to make anything sort of thing happen uh, because they've got good goaltenders and they've got uh, good defensemen and, you know, they're going to, figure out ways to score on your goaltender. Because again, we, we mentioned in the last segment that the goaltending hasn't been great for Minnesota. So ultimately in order to, to outpace what you're projected at right now is you got to steal these games coming up. And man, I'm looking at the end of the season too. Are you ready for this? All right. Here's Minnesota's last four games in case it comes down to the wire at St. Louis. At Nylanders, <laughs> at Washington, at Nashville, which could be like a play-in game. Huh. That Capitals game right at the end there is uh, – that one's going to be a tough one. I mean, certainly Washington could probably have, if not just a division, but certainly a playoff berth with almost nothing to play for at that point, kind of locked up. But that's a team that also could be looking to – May you know tune up for the postseason as well or and get home ice advantage. Like they they could have they could easily have something to play for. Yeah, and and they're a damn good team. And uh, that's that. If you're looking for the Wild to trying to make a, a kind of a suck out on the river there, to use a poker term, <laughs> that Washington game is going to be a real wrench in that cog. And and Nashville, you might be able to compete with, but it's um. It's certainly interesting that uh, they're going to have that division foe there to potentially try to make it in the postseason. 
So what do you think? Do you think they can do it or no? I I don't necessarily want to be super pessimistic and say like there's just no chance, but um judging by the projections and just kind of the recency play of this team, I just I I have a hard time of getting too excited about anything that they're able to do the rest of this year. Now we certainly could be surprised and maybe they just play certain teams at the right time and able to, to, to steal those games. But I just don't see it happening at this point. With the caveat that you can never say never. I I really don't see it. I just think that Minnesota has to be so good just to, just to barely make it into the playoffs and, you know, there are a lot of teams that are in the mix that I think are are, are better than Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Calgary, I think, showed that they're better than Minnesota this week. Sure. I think Vancouver has been really hot. They have Elias Patterson, who's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that they have the star power and goaltending to punch their way into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as I like to make fun of Edmonton, I don't think you can count them out as long as they have Connor McDavid. Right. Even the the teams that are outside of the playoff picture right now, you know, Winnipeg and Nashville are no jokes, I don't think. No, they certainly uh, have skilled players and they have goaltending that could get hot. I know Pecorine scuffling, but, uh, you know, he could get hot. They just made a coaching change. I know Paul Maurice has uh, probably got those Winnipeg Jets teams ready to to probably go, they still got Connor Hellebuck and and uh, Blake Wheeler on that team. Like it's, don't count the Jets out yet either. And and really, honestly, the San Jose Sharks too, who have made um, a coaching. Didn't they make a coaching change too? They did make a coaching change. Yeah. Same amount of points as the Wild. Yeah, the same amount of points as the Wild. Like that's another team. Like if they get hot, like look out because they've got a lot of firepower too. And I know that they've been mostly sunk by some goaltending because Aaron Dell has been crap and. And Martin Jones has been crap, but um, if they can get something even remotely close to what they're used to getting, that team can get hot real fast. And the Wild probably are going to get left in their dust if that happens. For a Minnesota Wild team that got back into it, I mean, right now they're tied for the seventh worst record in the league. Yeah. And I just I just don't think they have the goaltending to do it, and I don't think they have the shooting either. I think the shooting that we saw is mostly a mirage. Yeah, they were certainly riding a high PDO and a high shooting percentage at that point too. Um, so ultimately, where do you think the Wild end up in the Western Conference? Like, What place do you see them in? At this point, if I don't think Minnesota is going to make the playoffs, and I don't, then I just want them to bottom out as much as they can. And while I would love to see them you know, get 13th in the Western Conference. Uh, uh, you know, I don't think they'll get lower than L.A. or Anaheim, but if mm-hmm. they could get, like, right above them, I think that would be really good. I anticipate that number is going to be more like 11th or 12th. I don't think they're going to be worse than Chicago, <laughs> and, at least when it's all said and done. And I don't and, – and I think another team is probably going to fall off and dip below them, so – I'm going to say 11th. Oof, that's not good though. It's like if good. you're lo- if you're a team that is hopefully trying to get uh, higher uh more and more ping pong balls for the draft lottery, 11th or 12th isn't good. You you need I, to get maybe worse than what Chicago is doing. On the bright side, we've we've seen teams, you know, get lucky like 
in the ping pong ball game and jump up from the middle or even like closer to the back end of the lottery mm-hmm. in order to snag one of those top three picks. But yeah, I, I I hear you. You want as many you want you want the odds to be as high as possible. And do I think that they're going to be super incredibly high? I I, I don't think that's the case. I think that'll probably do it here for another episode, right? I probably got to just end it on that and recoup. Yeah, we're going to end it on that happy note. We'll come back tomorrow with a mailbag. Yeah, right. We'll have some some goofs there. (laughs) All right, Tony, where can we find you on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at OhHiTony. You can follow my work at The Athletic Minnesota. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at JoeBoo15 and all my work at ZoneCoverage.com. And that'll probably do it for us. If you like today's show, please hit the subscribe button so your device sends it to you every time there's a new episode without having to do any work. Please leave a review and a rating on whatever podcast service you use, uh, so long as it's a good one. (laughs) Uh, You can also follow the podcast on Twitter. Just look up at Locked on Wild. Thank you for listening to Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.